Holy Gospel comes to us today from the book of John. Glory to you, O Lord. John chapter 1. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, and he did not deny it, but he confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, Well, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the great prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Years ago, it was uh, probably just the second or third week after my wife and I had moved to Hill City for my very first call as a pastor, and and we were uh, already quickly establishing that in the, on Sunday afternoons, our thing to do was to head off into the hills and find the different hiking trails. But on this one particular Sunday afternoon, it was raining, it was dreary, and, and my wife was looking online and she said, hey, did you know that today we have free passes into all of the state park locations? She said, let's go down to that, uh, that Crystal Caverns. Anyone ever been there? Uh, only a few of you? Oh my gosh, you know what? You guys got to go online. You got to find out when they're free and go, okay? We're in these crystal caverns. We go in and, and you start in this elevator that takes you way below the earth's surface. And we're going along on this, uh, this tour, so to speak. We're on all the metal graded pathways and we're finally standing on this structure and the tour guide does something uh, that, that I found to be very unique, something that absolutely terrified my wife. At one point, we gather around on this platform, and they shut the lights off. The darkness in the caverns are so absolutely, utterly dark that you can hold your hand one inch away from your face, and you cannot see it. There is absolutely no light whatsoever in the caverns when the light goes out. At that point, it's when my wife suddenly was clenching my arm because uh, she has what we call claustrophobia. And even though we're standing in this big cavernous space, when you can see nothing, claustrophobia sets in. And she's clenching my arm and, and she whispers in my ear, this sucks. <laughs> it was shortly after that that the tour guide took out a lighter out of his pocket and he turned it on. And it was amazing that after standing there for five minutes in pure, utter darkness, how this one little light begins to glow. And not only does it glow this small glint, this small hint of a flame, 
that flame, it, it's almost like it's amplified as your eyes adjust. And shortly after that, very slowly, the, light, the lights, the, the spotlights in the caverns come back on. And it's at that point where Carmen looks at me and she goes, we can see the exit. Let's go. <laughs> that moment in the caverns, I think, gives us a great metaphor for what, uh, for what John the Baptist is speaking to in our text this morning. This morning, our text uh, comes to us, and uh, those of you who were in worship last week, we had Mark's gospel lesson, Mark's, uh, Mark's Christmas story, as I called it, Mark's beginning in which it starts with John the Baptist down at the river. Here again today, John, once again, John, not John the Baptist, John the Baptist is talked about by John the author, but John the author, too, begins his gospel, begins his Christmas story, so to speak, by declaring who Christ is and who it is that's going to usher us to recognizing the Messiah. You see, everyone knows Christmas as the Matthew and the Luke story. The angels on high, the shepherds on the hillside, the sheep in the meadows, and of course, dear baby Jesus in the manger. Amen? But that is not the case for Mark and for John. I'm not actually going to focus on the verses that we read this morning already. I'm actually going to focus on the verses in between. If you notice at the beginning, it breaks up this section in which John the Baptist is being declared of his role. And then, of course, we jump ahead a number of verses to the point in which the Pharisees show up on the scene and their job is to ask John the Baptist who he is, because at this point, already in, in uh, Jesus' ministry, there are a number of people that are questioning if John the Baptist himself is the Messiah. If John the Baptist, if he's not the Messiah, then is he Elijah, who was promised to have returned? Is John actually Elijah? And in this constant investigation of sorts, they want to get to the bottom of who this John character is. But if we are to truly understand who John is and what he is preparing us for, we need to go to the verses in between. Again, I always say that the lectionary writers have moments in which they're just pure lazy. They don't want us pastors to read the verses between because, oh my gosh, you as a listener, that might be too many verses to withhold. Amen? Well, guess what? I'm not going to let you be lazy. We're going to read it. Starting back at verse 6, it says, There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. So this piece, these couple verses you did here. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. He, come, he came testifying to that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man who was coming into the world. So let's pause there. What John's job is, is to point to the one who we call the light of the world. You see, Christ is the light. And apart from Christ, there is no light in the world. Now all those of us who love science are going to be like, um, Pastor, let's, let's stick with the metaphor. Christ is the light and not only is he the light, but he is the word, he is the truth, he is the way, he is the life. And John continues, he said, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 
He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh. Let's unpack that, amen? He is the light. He is the creator. He is the Word made flesh. This is where we put our theological hats on and we buckle in for one second. You see, throughout time, especially our modern time of the last decade or so, we hear this progressive thought, this progressive idea in uh, in what God really thinks and what God really expresses, and what God really believes, what God really commands, and the promises given by God. And in the meantime, we as even the church, a different variance within the church, have absolutely actually reduced Jesus to just being a moral compass. We've reduced Jesus to being a great teacher, a great prophet. By the way, if you want to know what unites Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, it's just that. It's reducing Jesus to a great teacher, a great prophet, a great individual who came into this world. And if that is how we truly view Jesus to be, then we are not Christian. I know it's a bold claim, but that is the truth. What John is telling us is that Jesus is also not viewed solely through the microscope of the Gospels. Meaning, we do not just say that Jesus is reduced to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And only what Jesus talks about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are what Jesus, the will of Jesus, was. In fact, if we are doing that, then we aren't even listening to the opening of John's Gospel. Because as we just said, John declares that Christ is the light of the world. John is there to witness that Christ is the Word of God made flesh. John is there to declare and testify that Christ is the Word of God. So if he is the light, what about the darkness? What we learn in John's Gospel is that Christ is who brings the light and brings the Word of God into the world. The darkness is everything that the devil represents. The darkness is where we, believe it or not, prefer to stay. The darkness is what set in when sin entered into our picture. The darkness is what sets in when Adam and Eve bit of that fruit and now no longer God's plan is in action. The darkness is where we long to stay. I'm going to jump ahead to chapter 3. I'm going to jump ahead to chapter 3 to bring us to, uh, to recognizing this because I do know that there's some of us that are sitting here, well, Pastor, no, I don't actually love living in the darkness. I already know where you're going with this. You're going to declare that everything within the darkness is sin. And I'm not actually into that, Pastor. I need you to know I work really hard. In fact, I came to church this morning, Pastor, so therefore I have nothing to do with the darkness. Amen? Chapter 3, verse 16. I'm pretty sure you memorized this one at one point in your life. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. By the way, these are Jesus' own words at this point in his gospel. But we never talk about the next verse. 19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, John the Baptist is here to point out Christ's name. And his name is Mercy. His name is Mercy, and he is the one that has the ability to declare who a child is. Today, in a little bit, we get to add another child to the list. And that is done through Christ, through the light, through the Word of God, and through the Word alone. You see, Sigrid and Trevor, they don't have the ability to save their son. They don't have the ability to raise their son within the darkness, pretending that they themselves are the light. So you didn't know that I was going to make the sermon about you guys, right? That has been the danger of every baptism family for like the last three weeks. Let's take it off, Trevor and Sigrid. Each and every one of us, we think we have the capacity to interpret what the light is in our own lives. And in the darkness, we think we have the ability to save ourselves. Well, going back to the cavern, when the lights are out and you can't see the exit, you have no idea where the next step is and you can't even see one inch in front of you, good luck saving yourself. Amen? Amen. Because in the darkness, we can't. It requires the light. And in this world, in our spirituality, in the world we live in, we desperately need the light of God. Apart from Christ, there is no word from God, and apart from Christ, there is no light. Famous Reformed pastor John MacArthur used those words. I know, he's not very Lutheran, but he has nailed it on the head as to, role, uh, as to the role of Christ. When it comes to the truth, the light comes and bears flesh and dwells amongst us. Christ's truth is all of God's Word. All of God's Word is Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 21. Christ did not just show up in the Gospels. Christ has been speaking to you all along. Christ's truth has been speaking to you all along, and Christ comes to us in the flesh, and John the Baptist is standing there, and he finally looks at the Pharisees, and he says, I need you guys to understand this. You think that I'm the Messiah. You think that I'm Elijah in, in returning. You think that I'm some great prophet. I need you to understand that I am not worthy of the lowest role of any servant. And the lowest role, the lowest slave's job, was literally to be on bended knee, taking off the sandal of his master's feet and cleaning his feet. John says, I am not even worthy to be that guy. 
Because the one who I am pointing to, the one who I am preparing the way from the wilderness, the one that I am helping you to understand the paths must be made straight, is the one who I cannot even be ranked to take off his sandal. And that one is his cousin, Jesus of Nazareth. Now this is Advent. We are exactly one week away from the time in which we in Christianity have celebrated the birth of this light of the world, this birth of the Word made flesh. But I heard this great quote this week, and it says this, The Lord did not come into this world. The light of the world, the light of the world did not come here in the need of another holiday. The light came into the world to become your Savior. Christmas cannot be detached from Holy Week. The Word made flesh cannot be detached from the cross. The baby in a manger cannot be detached from the empty tomb. Ironically, John, who cannot untie the sandals, is going to represent and bring forth the one who actually gets on bended knee and takes the sandals off of his disciples' feet on his last night on earth. The one who would take those sandals off and wash those feet. And the one that will look at us the way, the truth, and the life will look at each of us and says, you too must be willing to be on bended knee washing the feet of others. You too must listen to the truth. You too must see the light. And you too must come out of the darkness. So when that light shines, we find the exit. And for us, the exit in those caverns is our salvation. That's in the caverns. In our life, the exit is the light at the end of the tunnel in which salvation rings. And we say, Amen. Thanks be to God.